fear as if it's it's like a thread that runs through the fabric of our experience. Yeah. So our, all our daily experience, he's trying to imply that there's a thread of fear that runs through all of it. Now, how are you going to pick out the fear if it's a blue sweater and the thread of fear is blue? It's going to be very difficult to discern, yeah, where's the fear? You know what I mean? So this is sort of what it's like. The It's not what we're seeing, but it's how we're seeing. It's the how that we're seeing that's causing it to be a form of looking. Yeah. And then the form of looking blinds us Intentionally or unintentionally, who knows, but it blinds us to the scene. Yeah. So while we're applying a form of looking, and, it, and when I say we're applying, that's the, the, the effect of a language, a subjective language used by uh, objects. I'm not a, implying there's a you that's applying it, but it's hard to say anything without the feeling of there's someone who did it, you know? So the, the mind that's applying it, the, uh, the application, is, is premised on an assumption or an idea. So the one most of us are trying to look at from looking at so many other things is let's say what's just like if you look at let's say 15 intimate relationships you were in in your life and none of them seem to work out. If you take a minute or two and, and look at what was the one constant in all of them, it was you. Yeah, You're in it. Yeah, So you can't sort of uh, complain about the picture, you know. Well, you can complain about the picture when you're not including yourself. You're, you know, if you believe you're the observer, you can say how fucked everything is. But when you realize the observer and the observed are one event, yeah, that you you're participating on how it's looking right now in a grand scale, not you called Steve or Paul, but mind is participating on a grand scale how it seems to be, and the whole. The whole uh, thing is functioning on a seeming. Yeah. It appears to be true or false. It doesn't appear to be true or false. It's just appearing. But the true or false is given to it by us. See? So it appears to be true or false to a you. Without a you, it wouldn't. It would just be appearing. There would be no true or false to it. Yeah. It would just be appearing. But it appears to be. In other words, it's given a reality by the you that it's appearing to be too. Yeah. So it's you and I, the mind, that's giving everything the meaning it has. When it forgets that it's the giving the meaning it has, everything it's given meaning to can affect it greatly. Yeah. Because it's also given this a very big meaning. It's given this, this vague Paul or a sense of Paul or a mental idea sort of in a body or sort of affiliated with a body or identified as a body, it's given that a huge meaning, which is it's you. Yeah? And then from there, that you becomes like the funnel where all other meanings are given through. Yeah? So everything here is framed. It's very rarely that you see the frame, but everything here is framed in self-centeredness. So a feeling is framed in self-centeredness. It's held as your feeling. Yeah? A thought is framed as self-centeredness. It's held as your thought. An experience is framed in self-centeredness. It's, it's held as your experience. Yeah, Other objects are claimed to be yours in somehow or someone else's. So we have private property and all that. Everything goes riffs off of these ideas. Yeah, And it manifests. And because it manifests, in a sense, we give it a sense that it must be real because it seems to be so. But the seeming to be so is 
is its reality. It can appear to be true or false because it's neither true nor false. Yes? You or the witness of it gives it the meaning it has. So, in this little, it's not, it's a couple of pages. I felt this guy, for me, it really registered for me because it gave me a flavor of, of, uh, it's almost fruitless to apply yourself to a path without a right view, you know? That, and the right view is there is no path. It doesn't mean you're not taking a path or appearing on one, but there is no path to what you are. If that right view isn't in place, then the path is seen to be a process that's going to produce an already causeless condition, which it can't. How can it conduce? It can't produce a causeless condition. It can only seemingly produce a seeming condition. That's what happens. Yeah. It can't produce an uncaused condition. Because it's uncaused. <laughs> if it was produced, it would be caused. And then you'd have a role as an action figure. But because it's unproduced, that role of being an action figure, that actionness can't be applied to this. Because it's not of this place. Yeah? It's not of causes and conditions. So when people say, oh, I really felt really great, and I was really clear yesterday... And then the next day, they can have just as a, just as seemingly real experience that they're really disconnected. And the solution isn't to try to do what they thought they did to stay in that feeling of being connected. It's to realize there wasn't anyone who was connected nor disconnected. Yeah. So then the importance of connected and disconnected diminishes because why? It's not about you. The you is the whole premise. All the meaning is 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 finding a balance on that one spinning top of selfing, yeah? We never look down and see that it's a verb. We just look out and think it's a noun, yeah? We never look back and see it's a verb called selfing. We look from it and we take ourselves to be a noun, which is what? The product of that mental cause and condition, which is selfing, So in a way, the, the sense of being in an alpha and omega of being Paul right now is a product of a mental condition. It's not a cause. It's an effect, yeah? That's the good news. If it was a cause, we'd have to have morals about our effects and do things to change our effects, but there would be no way of changing the cause because it's the cause of everything, yeah? But we're not a cause at, in that mental sense. We're an effect. Selfing is affecting us and the effect in, the affecting is feeling like you're the cause. You're the doer, the thinker, the feeler. It's just a strong feeling, isn't it? It's just when the thought is seen, it's sort of framed in I'm the seer of it. Or it's at least it's about me somehow. Or it's about my view or my opinion of the it's somehow it's always no matter how far out it gets, there's like a tether to it to this one idea. And he, and so our eye our mental conditional eye goes to all the balls that are hitting that little ping, you know, that rubber thing. Where they had the, the paddle and you'd hit it and, and it has a rubber band. So it doesn't really have its own trajectory. It's, t- it's tethered and then it comes back, right? And it hits this and then boom. And it's like this, yeah? The self, the selfing produces the sense of a paddle, yeah? But it's not, it's just movement. There's no paddle that's hitting anything. It just goes this way or that way. Why? Because it's defined by dualism. Yeah. So what goes up must come down. 
What expands contracts, just like they say the universe is expanding and contracting like a breath. Yeah, the lungs expand and contract. Everything is doing the same movement. The mind is going high, low, connected, disconnected, feeling great, feeling terrible, doing all this stuff. Yeah, it's constantly everything's moving, and the only thing is there's different degrees. So let's say in the story of the universe, the, the inhale is like a million years, and the exhale is a million years. In us, it's like the inhale is like ten seconds, and then ten seconds exhale. Yeah. Feeling like we're connected may last a half a day and then disconnected five days. <laughs> and that's usually the case. There's a big swing when it comes to our sense of well-being. It's usually very minimal on the good side and very extremely located on what we call the bad side. Yeah, Because the mind, it's defined by these swings, but it can play with the swing. Yeah, So someone who has a de- like a depressive bent, he will see... It's sort of like if you were, every day, you were spraying color on everything, yeah? And then the mind was riffing, so it had a multitude of colors, but this one mental process is just tinted yellow. So every time it sprays, it sprays yellow on everything. This is sort of a point of view, isn't it? That's what happens. It's an attitude and outlook. If you have, let's say, a depressive attitude and outlook, everything is washed out, whitewashed with yellow. It's like, oh, it sucks. It's not going to... It's a nice day now, but I've got something to do at four that's going to really be terrible. You know what I mean? People call me up and they go, oh, my sister's coming over. And they know, they have this doom that it's going to be a terrible day. And I said, shit, isn't that playing God? You haven't seen her yet. She hasn't even arrived. She may not even get there. A car may break down. But you're already preemptively producing a mental condition. Yeah, which affects the emotional and the body condition because in this hierarchy of body, emotion, mind, mind is prior. Yeah, so the condition of mind expresses through the emotional state and the physical state. It does. The physical state may have a little influence on the mind, but nothing like the mind influencing the physical state. Yeah. So it's it's good to know what's going on so that. Well, it's good to know what's going on because you are what's, uh, are part of what's going on. You're not like a solid thing that showed up here and now you're standing tall in the midst of all this chaos. You're, you're, in, you're washing this way. <laughs> the mind's going this way and that way. The only context is not of an activity. It's what's not active yet imminently always active. You know, that context, that awareness, whatever you want to call it, whatever sense you have of it, Maybe you see it rubs you closer when you're in nature or whatever. Maybe the silence speaks to you better down at the beach. It doesn't matter, but that's your own silence is echoing, yeah, in the manifestation. The manifestation doesn't have the silence. It's your silence that's echoing in the manifestation. It's like you're whispering to yourself all fucking day, and then you're thinking it's Muir Woods. It's fine to have love of Muir Woods, but don't forget it's your the mind. The mind is whispering to itself through all of these situations, yeah? just hopefully with satsang. It's just whispering. That's why when you have a sense, it's like an aha. It's not like, it's not like something you had to regurgitate and, and chew like 50 chews a time. It just hits you very quickly because you're already that. It doesn't take any time to realize what you are because you are it. Yeah? If you were something else, it would take time maybe. But you're that. So it doesn't take any time. Yeah.
We want to put it into the structure of time, the mind does, because then the mind makes sense of it. But when the conditional mind makes sense of it and really thinks it knows the truth, it's lost the truth. Because it's lost its own its own core. Yeah? It's lost its own core by acquiring what I think is the core. I know the truth, yet now the truth once again is put outside of you. you. Yeah? You see it, follow it, check it out. It's like a thief. It's stealing something that's not its all the time. All the time. It can only steal it in time. It can't steal it in no time. But it can appear to steal it in time. So, this is, uh, now that I've left this thing, I'll go back to it. So this is a really, I believe he's talking about dualism and duality. Dualism is the sense of subject-object, you could say. Yeah, And then duality is the expression of mind in that sense of subject-object. Yeah. It has to see its own image, which is not a face. It has to see its own image, which is dualistically split out here. That's what it does. Just like God can't create anything other than itself, mind can't make anything other than itself. So if the mind is broken into subject-object, that's how it sees everything. Yeah, It's seeing its own image. It's worshipping its fucking self. That's why in recovery, I love the statement. It says, quit playing God doesn't work. And then next in this drama of life, we're going to turn our will and lives over to a care of a power greater than self. It doesn't say a power greater than what you are, but a power greater than self. And you may just find out that you're the power that's greater than self. When you stop identifying with self, you may find that you're the power that you were looking for through selfing, which is why you never found it. Because selfing, all the while you were looking for God, was playing God. That's what it does. And this is its realm. The mental realm is where it, it gets to be the behemoth, you know? It can have incredible sway over this one little expression called your body. But you can be so obsessed with you, you can block out the rest of the whole manifestation, can't you? You can go into your room today, this afternoon, block out this beautiful day, block out everyone who wanted to see you, and just isolate, you know? which would be fine if it wasn't taken to be you. If it was you, you're going to have probably tons of guilt about the isolation, aren't you? Because you think you're doing it, and you shouldn't be doing it. See, the same thing you call mental isolation is just solitude if you're not in self. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> the selfing is what's given everything the meaning it has. So, this is, um, let me find it first of all. You're going to get like two talks in one, one day. Pretty good, eh? How can you beat that? This is the Black, this is Black Saturday. We're giving you 200% of talks instead of 50% off. Don't, yeah, don't fucking, there's, all, there's plenty of to go around. Don't freaking go crazy. Don't be ripping the book out of my hands. It ain't going to do it for you. <laughs> So here you go. So it's called the faith, faith mind. Yeah. So I like that statement because really, when you sort of, in a sense, your interest and attention gets untangled from selfing, you'll grow to have an incredible faith as mine. Where when you're relying on the mental process, you're in so much anxiety because it's not. it doesn't provoke faith. It provokes incredible doubt. Because it doesn't know what the fuck it's saying. It doesn't deliver the goods. It's full of, it's like Budweiser, a terrible beer, but they keep changing the cans and the advertising or side opening, whatever, but they never change the fucking product. 
They just make you think, oh, it's different because it's in a different... It sucks, yeah. <laughs> so here. So Tao, when they use the word Tao, Tao means a lot of things. Well, let's say the way, yeah? The way of mind, in a sense. The way of manifestation. The way of everything and nothing, yeah? Just the way. How where, how could there be a way in manifestation? You'll see the way it manifests. So to go, sort of go along with the way is a damn good move, if you think you have any say in your life. Because it's the way. <laughs> and, you, and your way isn't going to change it. <laughs> it doesn't really have any opinion about your way. <laughs> so Tao is self-evident to one with no preferences. It's self-evident. In other words, you don't have to dig it up. You don't have to look for it. It's going to be obvious if what? The preferences aren't held to be yours, let's say. I'm not even going with not having preferences because then you think you've got to do something to not having preferences. I'm saying let's get a backdoor way that you're not the one who has preferences. Yeah? So if... Tao would be self-evident to one who had no, who wasn't having any, who wasn't the owner of preferences, let's say. Yeah? It would be obvious. Exactly. That's what it's like. As soon as the importance of preferences, which are just like two mirrors, my preference to go this or not to go that, just to reflect selfing, that's all it is. I mean, selfing is using everything as a mirror to see its unface. It can't, there is, it's never there, but everything implies itself. And so it comes up with the idea, I must be so, because everything's implying that there's a me. Yeah. So, Tao is self-evident to one with no preferences. When like and dislike are absent, the real is obvious and clear. So what could you say? Okay, when like and dislikes are present, then the real may not be obvious and may not be clear. You would assume that would be the case, yeah? If there was a dualistic sense in this place of manifestation, if... The real is obvious is when likes and dislikes are absent. So the real seems to be predicated on you in a way. Yeah? Doesn't it? The real seems to be predicated on you because it's there's a condition. It says when likes and dislike are dislike are absent, the real is obvious and clear. So in a say, there's a condition in a way. The real is obvious and clear, but in this place. If you have preferences or dislikes and dislikes, you're not going to see it. Yeah. So you got a huge role to play here. Yeah. You can, in a sense, the mental condition can block the recognition of what's real and clear. Yeah. By what? By its activity and your obsession with that activity. The mind's obsession with this activity called selfing is sufficient in this place, in this appearance, to block you from the real and the clear. The real is obvious and clear. All right, when like and dislike are absent, the real is obvious and clear. So when like and dislike are present, the real isn't obvious and it's unclear, you could say. Make the slightest distinction, however, and it appears disguised as heaven and earth. Ah. So it appears. It doesn't say it is heaven and earth. It says you make the slightest distinction because this is the magic of dreaming. And I would say that's what mine is doing here. So, make the slightest distinction. Hey, this place is real, and I like that, and I don't like that. Well, yeah, and it appears disguised as heaven and earth. Yes? 
If you wish to know truth, hold no opinions. So in a sense, you could say the opposite is, if you're full of opinions, you're not going to know the truth. Because you're probably going to take an opinion of it as being the truth. Where it says it, it is of no opinions. It has nothing to do with any of the mental activity. Yeah. So if you wish to know the truth, hold no opinions. To judge and choose is the disease of the mind. When truth goes unobserved, the mind roils with self-centered striving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to Walmart yesterday. Black Friday, you would have seen some self-centered striving in all of its glories. People beating each other up to get to a $20 plasma TV. Yeah? Can you blame it on the person? There isn't a person. It's mine. So when truth goes unobserved, so if I'm not aware, let's say, of the presence, then a lot of things are going to take the place of the present, and they're going to become present to me. Yeah? Let's say... Deb's, Deb's not being here will be present to me. She's absent, and therefore without Deb, I may not have a good day because my sense of well-being is based on her presence. That's not a good move, in a sense. Yeah. So when truth goes unobserved, the mind roils with self-centered striving. No good can come of this. Yeah. I would apply that to ourselves. Look at our lives. Okay. When I go, when I forget, let's say, the presence, and my mind gets into self-centered striving, how does it work out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do I have a really luxurious, contented day? <laughs> no. No good can come of this. Tao is immaculate, empty. It lacks nothing, is nothing. Desire and aversion blind you to suchness. Yeah. It says it's not able to negate suchness, but it will blind you to it. Yeah? Can you that? Yeah. Tao is immaculate empty. It lacks nothing, is nothing. Desire and aversion, either hate and love, whatever you want to call it, blind you to suchness. So, suchness is more, in a sense, suchness can't be, can't be focused on or forgotten. The movement of the lens, which is desire would be going like this, where you're here, and then you desire something, and all your attention goes into this one object, let's say, or one thing, yeah? And an aversion is, you do the same thing, everything's big here, and then you get into hate, and you go into this one thing, this idea of being Paul, yeah? So, yeah? And so the way to pick up presence isn't with a contracting, expanding lens, it's an open lens, yeah? Like dog should open one lens. Nothing special, nothing, no vigilance, no like efforting, just to relax the awareness where the lens is sort of left off. It's not going like this all day. It may be going like this all day, but there's another lens that ain't going like this all day. Yeah? Because your mind is on the obvious now. Do not become entangled in outer life, nor indulge in feelings of detachment. So you're fucked either way. <laughs> really. <laughs> if you want to be a sinner, that ain't it. If you want to be a saint, that ain't it. <laughs> ah, shucks, man. 
I have to be written into this, can't I? No, you're not. You have no relevance whatsoever. <laughs> Do not become entangled in outer life, nor indulge in feelings of detachment. Serene, uh, serenely abide in what is. Yeah. All right, so here's what is, yeah, let's say. And so there's a possibility. Actually, the appropriate natural response is to abide in it because it's always there at all times. It's perfect resting place. Wherever you are, it will always be available. Yeah, that's just the natural response to it. Okay, now, when you're abiding in selfing, where your attention and interest is in there, there's no place to rest. It's agitated, yeah? First of all, everything is pressed upon by an idea of the past and the future. So you can't really enjoy what is because it, it was and it will be. Yeah? So you can't extract the what is without the was and the will be in the mental activity. You can't, you can't leave its restraints, which is a dualistic expression, in an experience. You may have an experience where it gets stopped, but you'll go right back into it, yeah? In the mental condition, it's whatever, what is is going to be what was and what will be. There's never a clean what is. Yet there's always a clean what is, yeah? But if, if it's being approached or held or known by the conditional mind, it's what was and what's will be. It's being compared, it's being judged, it's being interpreted, it's being made into something. So the abidance in what is, when it's resting in the mental what is, which is what was and what will be, is agitation. Or, and it can go to, very easily to obsession. It's the same energy when it's resting in what is, it's abiding, you know, very nice word, abiding, like you ever see uh, uh, the big Lebowski, the dude abides, yeah, he's abiding, that kind of abiding, and then there's, when it's resting in selfing, it's agitated, it's the same mind, it's resting in one thing called what is, and then it, it produces effects in manifestation, you travel lighter. The same mind, if it's resting in what isn't, <laughs> what, what's not happening, it's provoked, isn't it, constantly. It has tons of goals, it has tons of, tons of symbols of being okay, but they're always put into time, like I was once okay, and I will be okay. Yeah. But it's never I am okay without those influences. So serenely abide in what is, and all such dualities disappear. They disappear. Why? Because they're not real. Yeah. When something disappears completely and utterly, it implies it was never so to begin with. Yeah. Or it couldn't have disappeared like that. It's just <laughs> when you impose stillness to stop activity. Where's someone who's doing that? I know a few. <laughs> when you impose stillness to stop activity, stillness becomes an activity. <laughs> Fucked again. I love it. You want to see, if you fuck this way, you'll go, but that, fuck there, you know? You can only turn a couple ways and then you finally admit you're fucked. And there's, a, there's the solution. <laughs> when you impose stillness to stop activity, stillness becomes an activity. Isn't that a bitch, really? Your way ain't going to work. 
you, you can't align your way with the way. It's a surrendering of your way, which is the way. Yeah? Try to align your way with the way. It makes the way your way. <laughs> get yet out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can never leave the way, so just get out of the way. So when you oppose stillness to stop activity, stillness becomes an activity. When you prefer one thing to another, you cannot abide in one. Not abiding in one, you are bound by both action and stillness. Exactly, because action and stillness will be seen you as you doing it. You're the one who's still and you're the one who's doing the action. You're bound to the idea of being a self. It's not you are that, you're bound to it. Yeah, the way the mind is structured, it has become bound to it in a place that, in fact, it can never be bound, but it can appear to be bound if this is the way things go. So, if you hold on to preferences, thinking yes, this is that, this is what happens. Yeah, this was this was so, and he was writing it, and it's so now. Like how many seventeen hundred years ago? Same, same. The 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 framing and the patterning of mind hasn't changed one bit. Appearances can change and come and go because that's appearances. But the pattern doesn't change. Yeah? So, believing appearances are real, you cannot see the source. Seeing appearances are void, you see both source and show. So you get the show without paying any emission. You see the show, but you're not invested in the show. I gotta see that one again. I like that. Believing appearances, yeah. believing appearances are real. You cannot see the source. Yeah. So what would it, again, if you take a dualistic approach to this, if you weren't believing appearances are real, you would be seen from the source. Yeah. Seeing appearances are void, meaning empty. You know, empty of being a real thing. They're not void, meaning they're not here. They're appearing to be here. I'd say, yeah. But to take them as being here is sort of a mental mistake. And that mental mistake can cause you, in a sense, to be blind to what's seen. So, believing appearances are real, you cannot see the source. Seeing appearances are void, you see both source and show. The more you talk and think, the further astray you wander. Stop thinking and talking, and all becomes known. Returning to source, one finds refuge. Pursuing appearances pulls you further away. At the moment of enlightenment, now, <laughs> there is only enlightenment, and this is a moment of it. In, the, in this place of duality, enlightenment can appear not to be enlightened, or it can be, appear to be lightened. But every moment is a moment of enlightenment. How could it not be? It doesn't. It may not. We may, may not be enlightened by it, but we may not. It may not be enlightening for us. But it is a moment of enlightenment. That's the possibility. That's always available at all times. Yeah. Returning the source, one finds refuge. Pursuing appearances pulls you further away. At the moment of enlightenment, neither appearances nor emptiness are known. Do you see that? At that point, the dualistic thing 
it appears as if it doesn't exist because it never did. Yeah? Neither appearances nor emptiness are known at that moment of enlightenment. That moment of enlightenment is not bye-bye, way in the future or in the past. It's now. And at this moment, neither appearances nor emptiness are known. Yeah? Because you're being. You're not a knower then. Yeah? You're not going to know fucking anything. You're going to be. Yeah? Nothing. Changes transpiring in an imaginary world are visible only to ignorance. <laughs> I'll say that one again. Changes transpiring in an imaginary world. How about the physical changes you've been through since you woke up? You felt really good for five seconds, and oh, the kidney or something, or your anal sphincter tightened, or something you ate last night came up again. Yes? Changes transpiring in an imaginary world are visible only to ignorance. Do not seek truth. Just stop having opinions. And if you can't stop having opinions, because that would be you, and I believe you're the biggest opinion. <laughs> so stop having the first opinion that it's you, and maybe you'll, everything will loosen up about all the other opinions that that you is having. <laughs> Do not remain mired in the dual-natured world. Avoid pursuing its offerings. Offerings, Distinguishing even a trace of right and wrong, of this and that, roots the mind in confusion. Yeah. So mind is mind, but it manifests here. Yeah. So let's say mind uses or puts itself in a vehicle, and through that the mind manifests. So if it puts it in itself in the vehicle of selfing, then it manifests anxiety and the reality of time, and all this becomes so, it's so just authentically feeling real, yeah? But if the same mind roots into another aspect of its own nature, yeah, it'll have a totally different effect here. For me, I call it traveling lighter. Do, do not remain mired in the dual-natured world. Avoid pursuing its offerings. Distinguishing even a trace of right and wrong of this and that roots the mind in confusion. The dual-natured world arises from one, but do not cling to ideas of oneness. When the mind abides in Tao, the world cannot oppose it. Without opposites, the world cannot exist. When discriminating thoughts cease to arise, the mind vanishes. When the mind vanishes, the world is seen as unreal. When the world is seen as unreal, the perceiver of the world cannot be found. <laughs> yes, yes. Do not cling to oneness. Yes, do not cling to oneness. To the two ideas of oneness. But do not cling to ideas of oneness. Ideas are different than oneness. Ideas are still the offering of the conditional mind, yeah? So it'll offer you ideas of oneness so that it'll, that in that sense, you'll be, the mind will be persuaded not to just go to the oneness, yeah? You'll have an idea of oneness that suits the framing better than oneness because oneness doesn't, can't be fit in the frame, yeah? Selfing is always attempting to enlarge itself around everything else by having it, owning it, thinking about it, having opinions about it, preferences around it. 
Yeah, it always wants to rise above the product, this activity of selfing that's making it. It can never do that, but it can appear to do that. Yeah, by playing God. So, when discriminating thoughts cease to arise, the mind vanishes. When the mind vanishes, the world is seen as unreal. We did that. Objects appear as objects because the mind believes it is subject. So why I'm, when, I'm, when I'm seeing an object, why it's an object to me is because I'm feel, holding myself as a subject. Yeah? In truth, subject and object are not separate. They arise as one from emptiness and comprise the 10,000 things. In Chinese, uh, let's say, metaphysics, they talk about Wu as the energy, you know, God or like whatever. And then Wu sort of manifests in two sort of uh, aspects, which is they describe as yin and yang. So the yin and yang dance, and then in the yin and yang dancing, they make the 10,000 things, which in the old Chinese, that meant everything, yeah? doesn't mean there's only 10,000 things, but it, it implied everything that is made by this dance of energy, let's say mind, now being expressed in a dualistic nature, dreaming, yeah? So there's mind, now expressing in a dualistic nature, and this is the dream of a mind expressing in a dualistic nature. This dance between high, low, good, bad, negative, positive produces all this appearance, yeah? So... So they arise as oneness, as one from emptiness and comprise the 10,000 things. If you do not discriminate between coarse and fine, how can preference and opinions arise? So if you actually did see things as inherently empty, the coarse and fine of their appearance wouldn't grab all your attention. You would see the underlying uh, nature, which is emptiness, yes? Neutrality, neither coarse nor fine. Abiding in Tao is neither difficult nor easy. Hmm. It simply is. <laughs> if you have a sense that the absoluteness of the real condition here, it would make things a lot easier, really. You wouldn't be playing around with butts and I could be here, I, and then judging your uncaused unca- state by conditions and circumstances of your condition. Yeah, You wouldn't be using that to imply... Uh, anything about the uncaused state, you would have an absolute sense that there is an uh, uncaused state. You may not be seeing it, but there's just an unspoken yes or a a clear acknowledgement somewhere in the mind that you're privy to that is just rock solid about that. Yeah? So abiding in Tao is neither difficult nor easy. It simply is. But those with limiting beliefs, fearful and indecisive, waver constantly between eagerness and hesitation. The faster they hurry, the slower they go. I'll read that again because one of our prestigious people was in the bathroom. There are no degrees, though. Abiding in Tao is neither difficult nor easy. It simply is. So, in other words, the abidance in Tao is already so. It simply is. It's when the mental duality starts arising and starts thinking it could be different, or it isn't that case, then all the shenanigans start taking effect. Yeah, But the truth is always the truth. It is. 
It wasn't like it wasn't and then you miraculously found it. It always has been available at all times. But those with limiting beliefs, fearful and indecisive, waver constantly between eagerness and hesitation. So like people come and they feel really good at a meeting and they go, oh, it's so beautiful, it's so easy to just to sense the light now. But what happens on Monday when I go back to work? There's the eagerness and there's the indecision. Yes? They don't believe it's going to hold water when it comes up against situations in their daily life. And so therefore, what happens? They're pledging allegiance to the mind that's given more reality to what's appearing than to what is. And therefore, they seem to suffer their own consequences. But those with limiting beliefs, fearful and indecisive, waver constantly between eagerness and hesitation. The faster they hurry, the slower they go. There are no degrees of attachment. Being attached even to the idea of enlightenment perceives ignorance, preserves ignorance. Just let things be as they are. All is here. There is no coming or going. Oh, that's a bitch. How can I let things be as they are? It's really hard to do. That would mean I have to do nothing today. Oh, yeah, shit. That's, I can't, I don't think I can do that. Of course you can't. That's the good news. Really, isn't it? When we talk in recovery, they talk about acceptance. It's a big word in recovery. But acceptance to me is just, you don't want to change anything. So let's say if I'm sitting here, it would be like I'd be looking at everyone and there would be no one that isn't here, I'd want to be here. And no one that is here, I wouldn't want to be here. I would just, everything would be, I'd be accepting the heat on my body from this oppressive sun hitting me in the face all day. And all that would be happening, yeah? But non-acceptance, which seems to be Acceptance seems to be so difficult. Non-acceptance is where all the work is. You're just saying, no, I want someone who's not here to be here. Yeah? Or I want someone who is here. I want them out of here. Yeah, this is all the work. Non-acceptance is the fucking your way. The way is acceptance. <laughs> just let things be as they are. All is here. There is no coming or going. Tao is your very nature. Seeing this, everything is clear. You walk free and undisturbed as Tao. Not with the Tao, or to or towards the Tao, as Tao. You know? You are the way. Like Jesus says, you are the truth, the way, and the light. He wasn't saying, you better find someone who can show you the truth, the way, and the light. You are. I am the truth, the way, and the light. He wasn't saying me personally. The truth, the way, and the light. When you are tied, tied to mind thoughts, everything is murky and confusing. So what ties you to thoughts? Your thoughts. That's what ties you to them. I'm telling you. The difference between a thought and my thought is huge. It's unbelievable. When you are tired, tied, when you, you are tied to mind thoughts, everything is murky and confusing. The tiresome habit, uh, habit of judging saps energy and makes peace of mind impossible. What benefit is derived from imagining distinctions and separations? Well, you can be special, right, and alone. <laughs> if you wish to abide in Tao, do not dislike the world you now experience. Indeed, to see there is no difference between Tao and world is enlightenment itself. The wise man expends no effort. The foolish man ties himself to knots. Tao is singular, solitary, indivisible. Distinctions are the imaginings of ignorance. 
To seek truth in the endless maze of the discriminating mind is a great mistake. Activity and stillness transpire only in illusion. You know how long this thing has been around, this, this thing? In time? Maybe, I don't know, 1,500, more than years? I mean, it's probably pretty good advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, how to start a fire. I mean, writing, you know, not many books make it through like 17, 1800 years. Your little four or five page things. They don't. They get lost easily or written over or something. Thou is singular, solitary, indivisible. Distinctions are the imaginings of ignorance. To seek truth in the endless maze of the discriminating mind is a great mistake. Activity and stillness transpire only in illusion. With enlightenment, there is nothing to like or dislike. The dual-natured world is a seeming, and a seeming means it appears to be true or false to you. It's not appearing to be true or false. There needs to be a you. There's got to be mind or awareness noting it for this thing to have any existence whatsoever. There must be a mind that's dreaming it. Yeah. Where is a dream at night if there wasn't a dreamer of it? The dream sort of issued forth from mind, didn't it? And so the mind is watching the dream because there's only mind. Without mind, there would be no dream because a dream needs to be a, have a dreamer or it has no seeming existence. Yeah, There's got to be... You and I have to play a role in this. Yeah. I mean, a huge role. i got to put my finger on the thing so I don't have to keep losing anything. All right. Activity and stillness is to transpire only in illusion. With enlightenment, there is nothing to like or dislike. The dual-natured world is a seeming, an inference, a flowery dream in air. How foolish to try to hold it. Loss and gain, right and wrong, coarse and fine, let it all go. When the eye never sleeps, dreaming stops. Exactly. These eyes are sleep-inducing. The way we look by, you know, with two eyes, the dualistic thing, this is the perceptual apparatus is dream-inducing, sleep-inducing. The single eye, the eye that never blinks and never looks another way, that's always open, that's when the dreaming stops. doesn't mean the dream stops, but the dreaming stops. The inherent feeling of being a, a dreamt object stops. Yeah? When the eye never sleeps, dreaming stops. When the mind ceases to discriminate, the 10,000 things are seen to be of one suchness. To fathom suchness is to be released from bondage. When all things are seen as one, the timeless self is realized. This state cannot be described. No analogies are possible. When movement stops, there is no movement. When there is no movement, there is nothing to stop. Both movement and rest disappear. Without, without such dualities, oneness itself cannot exist. Yeah, there's no entertaining oneness here without the feeling of twoness. Tunis begets the drive for oneness, yeah? If you would just realize there was no tunis, you wouldn't be looking for oneness, and that would be oneness. You'd be there. When movement stops, there is no movement. All right. Without such dualities, oneness itself cannot exist. Nothing can be said about this ultimate condition. I would say it's your absolute condition. Not like ultimate condition that we arrived at. It's the ultimate condition we can't leave. 
When mind becomes mind, abiding in Tao, so he has small mind. When mind, the conditional mind, becomes capital mind, abiding in Tao, self-centered striving ceases. In AA we say you'll lose interest in the self and gain interest in others. Yeah? You'll stop looking at what you can get from life and you'll see what you contribute to life. They're the same, all pointing to the same effects. When the, when the obsession with self diminishes, these are what happens. Mind becomes unfettered and it can manifest in different ways here that it can't when it's defined as a self. When mind becomes mind, abiding in Tao, self-centered striving ceases, irresolution irre- and doubt vanish, Life unfolds in faith. That means today, tomorrow, and the hereafter is unfolding in faith. Yeah? With a single stroke, bondage dissolves into freedom. Nothing remains to hold on to. Hey, can you read that one before that one? When mind becomes mind and di- abiding in doubt, self-centered striving ceases. Irresol- irresolution and doubt vanish. Yep. Life unfolds in faith. With a single stroke, bondage dissolves. So let's say there's life happening coming from mind, and then there's an interpretation about what's happening coming from conditional mind. Yeah? So in the interpretation from conditional mind, a lot of anxiety is provoked about what's going to happen to me. Yes? Now, if, if there's a shift and there's mind, then there's that faith, then when... When things are manifesting and unfolding, there'll be faith as the basis instead of anxiety. Yeah? So in other words, you'll be able to lose the fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. You'll be reborn, in a sense. It's not like you'll appear to be reborn. It's just that mind has left one system, self-centeredness, and now is abiding, let's say, in the way they would call the way. Yeah? The mind is what's manifesting here. Yes? So whatever mind is resting on, it's going to mimic what that is and manifest. So sublime feelings of light and peace and contentment and well-being will arise just as when it's resting in conditional mind, fucking hate and malice and violence will manifest. Yeah, Just different qualities of same mind. What's causing the effect to appear is what it's resting on. You know? So if mind is resting in the way it will manifest differently than when it's resting in your way. All is void, empty, clear, self-illuminating. It makes no effort. Thinking, feeling, imagining, knowing, these things have no place here. In suchness, there is no self or other. To come into harmony with suchness, see everything as not to. In not to, nothing is separate, nothing left out. In all places and times, enlightenment means becoming this single truth. I wouldn't even say it's becoming. You are that single truth. Becoming would be too much. Yeah? The real is not bound by time or space. The real is not bound by time or space. In other words, the functioning of this dream can't impose its its limitations on what's dreaming. Yes? It doesn't play that game. (laughs) <laughs> it's not playing the game of time and space. I tell you, if we lost a little bit of the influence of time and our thoughts and how we travel, you would feel un- immeasurably lighter. Time is a very heavy activity of mind here. 
Because yeah. even when you have a peaceful moment, it's compared to a past one and then or the, the fleetingness of what's going to happen tomorrow. So you can't really abide in anything. You're constantly agitated. Even when you get to your goal, which let's say is peace, you can't rest there. You're on to the next retreat or on to the next process or on to the next teacher. Yeah? There's no abiding. So to come into harmony with suchness, the real is not bound by time or space. Nothing defines it as large or small. A single thought spins 10,000 years. The thoughts of 10,000 years occur in a single moment. Emptiness here, emptiness there, emptiness inside and out. The universe in all its totality is thus arrayed before you. Boundaries and definitions do not exist. Infinitely large, infinitely small, no difference. So too with existence and non-existence. Don't waste time arguing and denying the real by affirming the truth. Yeah? The one in all is all things. All things are the one. Make no distinction as you move about and mingle. When enlightenment occurs, worries about attainment and perfection vanish. The real cannot be divided. Faith, mind, and source are not two. Yeah. Words, Tao is beyond words. Yesterday never happened. Tomorrow never will. Today does not exist. But, (laughs) 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 that's the, the advocate or the devotee of the conditional mind always has its own argument is but. <laughs> but, <laughs> no matter how succinct or long the dissertation is, it's the same answer. But, <laughs> there is an exception to this because it's my day life. Tomorrow I'm having a heavy day. i got to get ready for my trip. You know, this is the problem. I remember many people I've worked with, they'd always say, well, this is the one. This is the one problem. And then months later, this is the one. It's always, they always try to make an exception that it's not just a typical problem. It's the problem. This is the one. This is the, this is really it. And then months later, this is really it. You can't vanquish what is by degrees of what isn't. Yeah? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big you make what's appearing seem to be. It's not going to eclipse what is. Yeah. And none, the smallest appearance isn't going to cast the shadow on what is. Light isn't shadowed by any fucking thing. You have to get behind an object to be seemingly in the shade. An object. That's that's sort of like the veil of mind. When it gets into this dualistic expression and starts taking itself to be a thing and other things, those objects seem to be able to block the light or distort the light, and so it's taking a shadow world to be the real world. It's seeing things, and it's not seeing nothing. It's sort of like it's seeing the negative of the picture, but not the positive of the picture, or vice versa. You know what I mean? It's seeing mental things filling up the space so it doesn't sense the space. So that clarity of mind, it's got all these things moving in it and our attention's going to the clouds instead of feeling, sensing the sky. So we get zeroed in on the clouds that are appearing in the sky and we lose, seemingly, the influence of the sky on us. So we take ourselves to be a cloud within a world of clouds and of course we're going to be worried about rain and everything. 
and we'll never be able to follow through. Why is this happening? We won't get to the exact nature of any wrongs. It'll all be it'll all be like cleaning up messes, you know. But with always always with the sense that a new mess is going to arise because we never get to causes and conditions. A lot of us we stay on a consequential level. We take something to be real and we feel if we can build a spiritual skylight that a, just amount, just a, the right amount of light would come into my life. Not too much. I don't want to be overwhelmed. I don't, don't want to be moving to Tibet or anything. Just a little bit so I can get an advantage. Instead of, you know, but believing in the house is being able to, and you, and this person, and a lot of them would say this, they just cut that whole thing down. With, it takes, some say it in one sentence, one statement. This guy riffed for a while. But all of it is more like a a dissolution of what wasn't, you know, a a a, a, dis, a, a destructing of something that was never built. Just going through how this appeared to be that way, then you realize it isn't the way. Yeah, I hope that's the sense you get when you see that what you were taking to be personal isn't personal. That all these other people that are complaining about shit are have, doing the same thing you're doing. That gives you an opportunity to have some freedom because it's the personalness that's the glue. Yeah. It's like, why do they say it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn? Because that's the case. Because we're constantly remembering the self and we're reborn as a self every moment. When we forget the self, we're reborn and as our own state that never was born. Yeah? That whole... Becoming and unbecoming gets dismissed. But as we're... The mind is just mimicking what it thinks is happening. It's mimicking it. It's attempting to play God in a very skewed way. I'm getting tired up here. <laughs> That's it, eh? Paul, oh. could you tell us again um, who said, yeah. said all that stuff about hundred years ago? Hmm? Name of the first yeah, yeah. He know, he'll know it. Oh, I don't yeah. even know how long it was written. Pretty long time ago. Uh, he died so. 600 after Christ. 600 after Christ. Oh, so only 1,400 years ago. 1,500 years. But you got to remember, it's probably changed. Each time that somebody else writes it down, and we hear it. Well, these are different interpretations yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Since, 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 since